0: Good morning everyone. right? Good morning. Uh, can, can we hear a resounding good morning? No. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Yeah right Again, welcome to Every Nation, Bahrain. right? Uh, let me introduce myself. I'm Anthony. I'm one of the life group leaders here at Every Nation. Again, uh, I would just like to reiterate that every nation exists to honor God and make disciples. How do we honor God? We honor God by establishing church planting churches campus ministries and going to different nations to preach the gospel right so I, w- I would just like to take this opportunity to thank the volunteers so as you can see the, our church looks different right uh this morning right It very it looks very youthful right and young right so i would like to thank the volunteers who painstakingly came here why don't we just give us give them a round of applause painstakingly came here yesterday i mean last night right so uh Thank you for your heart, for the campus, and thank you for uh, the passion really to, to not just uh, minister to the next generation, but really sacrifice your time, your resources and your efforts. Now, just last week, now, who were you? Who were we just last week? Okay? Yeah, just last week, no just a, re, just a recap of what happened last week. Last week, every nation in campus Bahrain had its first. Hey, okay, every nation campus night, and who among you were here last week? Not during the campus night, right? Okay, so again, uh, this is our photo during our campus night. Yeah, again, I would just like to remind everyone not to take photos. Okay, of due to some uh, sensitivity of the image. Yeah, I look sensitive, and I was kidding. So yeah, so again, take photos, right? So these are the wonderful volunteers and attendees who were with us and were able to engage students from different campuses here in Bahrain, right? And we're hoping and believing God okay, that as they get connected, okay, that we'll be able to start okay, a journey or a walk in Christ with this next generation. And again, we'd like to thank those volunteers, our church community, for supporting Every Nation Campus Bahrain. Your generosity, not just in your time, but even in your finances, okay, help us a lot Okay, and, and, and engaging and ministering to the next generation. Okay? As we are talking about people who have been very generous, okay? who've been very uh sacrificial in giving, right? Just time but even resources for the campus. I will never get tired okay, of thanking okay? a person that I look up to. No, because without this person, okay, every nation campus marine won't even begin. So I would like to take this time to thank Hattie Joy. Right, Ate Joy, yeah, yeah, we, Ate Joy, can we please stand yeah? I'd like to honor Ati Joy for, again, starting Every Nation Campus when there were even no single student okay, in, Every Nation, in Every Nation Bahrain. She had the heart okay, to, to engage and minister to the next generation. Because of her sacrifices, Okay, we are here. So Ate Joy, thank you so much. Okay, praise God for your life, Ate. Thank you so much. Right. Now as I've been as I've, as I've started already okay obviously okay, we are having our campus series for the next 2 weeks and how many among you are excited for the series yes. I can feel the excitement it's so raw all right so again uh, we'll be we'll be having our campus series for the next 2 weeks entitled no filter okay and we're going to try to answer some questions okay life changing questions that we Badly need to understand and define. And one of those greatest profound questions that any individual needs and must answer is the question of who we are. You know, knowing our identity is very important. Okay, have you ever asked that question, who, who, are, who are you or who you are? Okay, have you ever asked that You don't ask questions to yourself. Okay, right. So, so it's very important for us to define Okay, our identity. why do we need to define our identity? Because knowing who we are determines the way we live. Okay? the way we work, the way we decide, and knowing who we are also defines the impact that we have on others. But then again, knowing who we are also reveals more than, okay, more than the things that we can do or what we can decide upon, but it also reveals the values, that we uphold now the objective of the series of no filter is to bring people our prayer is that we believe that people will be reminded especially the next generation back to the true source of identity and purpose so for this week we'll be talking about identity and next week we're going to have a very special guest okay that will discuss on purpose i will leave that as a surprise right and the goal of the series again is to challenge the current ideas of this world that tell people to look within them for identity and purpose that is that brings us okay to the question that we need to answer for this morning what or who is the basis of our identity right that's a very uh, wonderful question, okay, in, in, at, at this early morning or early morning. No? What and who is the basis of identity? If we were saying a while ago that knowing our identity affects the very core okay, of our humanity or being human, the question is what is the basis of our identity? The world will give us many definitions, okay, of what our identity is. Whenever we turn on our phones, we dive deep in social media, we will see multiple definitions, multiple perspectives of who we are or what our identity is. The question that we need to answer is, among all the voices that we hear, who or what is the authority when it comes to the basis of our identity? Are you excited? You're not excited. Okay, we can all uh, end this, right? So I'm very excited I'm, and, and nervous at the same time. So today, join me as we discover, okay, what is okay the true source and the final authority when it comes to identity. Why don't we just all stand up, okay, in reverence for the word of God? I'll be reading from Jeremiah, okay, Jeremiah chapter 1. We'll be focusing on verses 4 to 5. But for the sake of context, allow me to read verse 1 until 5. Who here loves to read the Bible? Long text from the Bible, yes? Alright. Okay, So let's read uh, chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. Uh, allow me to read that for you. <clears throat> the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, one of the priests who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin, To whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. Verse 3. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. And until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the captivity of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Verse 4. Now... The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Let's pray. Lord, we just want to thank you, O God, for this time. Lord, may you anoint the preaching of your word. Lord, may you use me, Lord, as your mouthpiece, O God. May this not be about anything else, but only about you, O Lord. Lord, may your word be ever so true. May your word, O God, be a double-edged sword that will pierce us to the very marrows, Lord. Do not let us go out of this church unchanged, Lord. May you continue to remind us, Lord, today, of the true source of our identity. That we may walk and live and hope every single day oh god with a heart lord of submission of humility a heart like your son jesus christ so we just want to thank you oh god for this time this we ask in the mighty name of jesus amen let's all take our seats right okay so again our question okay the question that we need to answer for this morning okay is who or what is the basis of our identity now in order for us to answer this question, what we're going to do okay, is we will look into how God okay, used Jeremiah and how the word of God fulfilled and revealed to Jeremiah okay, what true identity is. Are you ready? I hope you had a heavy breakfast, right? Hey, You did have heavy breakfast, right? Okay. Uh, uh, that's funny enough. <laughs> all right. Okay. Sure. All right. So let's go. So let's start with Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. Uh, sorry, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 1. Right? So let me read that for you. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, one of the priests who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. Now, for us, in order for us to look into or rediscover the true source of our identity, it's very significant for us to first look at the context of what's happening in this text right for us to have that background for us to have a fuller understanding of what it's trying to say now of course our main character here is seemingly jeremiah but then again the reality of the text is that we're looking at a greater god okay in play now what's happening here is this So verse one tells us okay The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, one of the priests who were in Anathoth, the land of Benjamin. Now, why did I underline those or put those words in bold? We have to understand Jeremiah as a person. You know, Jeremiah was born in a family of priests. And he was identified as as you're born in, in a lineage of priests. Automatically, there are certain expectations and responsibilities that are assumed on you. Do you get that? Does that sound familiar? No, when whenever we are our families, right? If or if we belong to a family of doctors, right, our parents expect that we too will hold that same degree. Or if we belong to a family of teachers, the expectation for us is for us to become teachers as well or educators. And that's the same thing that happened with Jeremiah here. Since he was born in a family of priests. There are certain expectations that are already placed on him right second thing that i underlined there is the is the word anathoth now jeremiah he was from a very small town a very insignificant town to be honest and what's so special about this place is that again if we're going to read our bibles if we're going to fix the mic okay yes the mic the mic is very transformative no all right so Jeremiah was born, okay, or, or, or lives in a small town called Anathol. And Jeremiah's lineage now, okay, in this, in this very special place, and what makes it special is that this place is associated to a priest in the Old Testament times, which we will see in 1 Kings. I didn't write the verse anymore. I'll leave that up to you to research, right? So this priest, Abiathar, in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 26, is a priest that was deposed. By King Solomon, why? Because in that particular episode in the Bible, right? There's an insurgence that have happened okay, in the royal, in the, in the in the kingdom, and Abiathar the priest joined Adonijah. He supported Adonijah, and because of that, the king Solomon deposed him. Now, what's the significance of knowing this backstory? So we now know, okay, that we have a character Jeremiah now, moving back to our text, who is expected to be a priest. Okay? With certain respons- responsibilities, that's one. Second, because of his lineage okay, Of being deposed priests He's living in disgrace, in a sense He lives in a town that is insignificant More importantly, Jeremiah is also from the tribe of Benjamin The tribe of Benjamin among the twelve tribes Is one of the smallest tribes So what does this sum up to? We have a character who is insignificant in terms of his origin, deposed and shamed in terms of lineage, and a a character who has expected responsibilities. Now let's continue, let's try to paint the picture more And later on, we will just tell him that he's so maskin, right? That he's so poor in terms of character. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 2 to 3. To whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, and until the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, the king of Judah, until the captivity of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Now, what does this mean? Or how does this add to the context or picture that we're trying to paint? Jeremiah now, appointed as a prophet, was given a very difficult task. What was that task? And during those times, okay, during those times, Jeremiah was preaching a very strong message to the people. And what is that? His preaching the message of judgment and restoration. So imagine being appointed by God and the people that you're talking to are not listening to you. Like they don't care. You can tell us the truth, but we don't care. We will do and continue our flagrant, flagrant idolatry, meaning deliberate idolatry, because it has been ingrained in us And we don't care about what you are going to say. Can Can you see the picture of Jeremiah now? How awful his background is. In terms of lineage and origin, Jeremiah was worthless. In terms of fulfilling his purpose as a prophet, Jeremiah was insignificant. But is this truth about his circumstance? Is this truth about his situation? Is this truth about his origin? Are these truths that the world dictates upon him affect his identity? That's what we're going to find out. Are you excited? We're just in the introduction. right? Now, I really love this definition from Tim Keller. Right? Tim Keller said, your identity is a sense of self and a sense of worth. Now, in reality, okay, Tim Keller was telling that in Western countries, when we talk about identity in the real world now, one's identity is heavily rooted in one's family. Do you agree? Especially for non-Western countries. No, for, us, for us, mostly Asians, you know, we want to honor the words of our parents. They have dreams for us. Son, daughter, you will become okay, a businessman soon. I will bring you to the best schools, and you will become a businessman in the future. Have you ever heard these kinds of words from your parents? You don't have, par- you don't have parents. Oh, you do have parents, huh? I suppose. Huh? So they have dreams for us, okay? and us. And us sons and daughters, we find identity in our families. That when we accomplish and fulfill okay, their, their dreams for us, okay, it boosts our self-worth. Now, that's on the other hemisphere of the planet. On the western side of the planet, this this time, they have a different take in terms of identity. Their identity is based on individualism. They find their identity, hoping to, to see and perceive who they are, and what they're worth, depending on themselves. That's what identity is pictured by the world. It's either it's defined by the people around you, or it is defined by what you search and seek within yourself. Now, this could be the same story for Jeremiah. It's so easy for him to be swayed. Okay, to be to conform to what is happening in his current circumstance. But as we dive deep to what identity is, when we, when we find and search the truth in the Bible, we will see okay, the answer to the question of what should be the final authority and basis of our identity. Now let's dive deep to the next few verses. Right? So let's go to jeremiah chapter 1 verse 4 to 5 okay so let's read there hey verse 4 now the word of the lord now the word of the lord came to me saying before i formed you in the womb i knew you and before you were born i consecrated you i appointed you a prophet to the nations you see the transition let's look at your bible if you have your bibles with you look at Look at, your, look at those verses. We read chapter 1, verse 1. 1, 2, 3. And then, there's verse 4. To f- usually, what's next to 3 is 4 and 5. Usually. That's a joke. You're supposed to laugh. Okay, so usually what's next to 3 is 4 and 5. Go and check. Right? Now, wh- I, why did I point this out? Because I want you to see how beautifully the Bible is written. Do you see the transition? Right? From 1 to 3, it jumps to, the, to 4, which is indented and it says now the word of the Lord came to me saying after all verses 1 to 3 that talks about how bad how awful the context of, of of Jeremiah is here comes the transition saying the word of the Lord came to me what does this imply this powerful transition signifies a turning point in the life of jeremiah this transition tells us that despite of jeremiah living a life that's insignificant despite of his community that expects a certain role from him despite of the rest of the society around him not listening being hard-headed and continuing the sin that they're doing jeremiah heard and find authority in the word of the lord despite of the circumstances that's happening around him jeremiah listened to the word of god verse verse 4 tells us it implies a relationship that exists between god and jeremiah verse 1 tells us that this turning point in Jeremiah's life, was never defined of the situation that he is in. It was never defined by the circumstances that he's experiencing. But rather, the turning point was defined by the Word of God. The question for us is this now. Is the Word of God the final authority in our lives? Let me repeat that. Is the Word of God the final authority in our lives? follow-up question, to what extent do we rely on the Word of God? How many times? How many minutes in the 24 hours that we have in a day do we spend time in reading our Bibles? Whenever we're about to create or to make a decision in our lives, may it be a love life, a business decision, transferring from one job to another, buying a new device or a car? Do we find authority, or do we even consult the Word of God? To what extent is the Word of God authoritative and final in our lives? Such a wonderful question to reflect on. And what we're going to learn in Jeremiah is this. That the Word of God is and will always be, will be the final authority. And the truths of the Word of God is expectedly, expectedly and naturally should be transformative. In a sense that we see changes in the actions and of the nature of who we are. The Word of God must govern our actions and even our reactions. Imagine in your workplace. You have favorite people in your workplaces. In your school campuses, as a student, you have favorite classmates okay, in your classrooms that you always wanted to see. Now you don't have any, any of those. I, I have a very bad childhood then. I have certain students, classmates that I don't want to see, right? They, they don't want to see me. I was kidding. So again, the word of God, the word of God affects every single aspect of our lives. When we deal with our schoolwork, are we persistent enough, or do we feel lazy? When we love our families, our wives, our what my wife, that came out wrong, and friends. <laughs> I only have one wife, right? Or when we love people who have wrong us, when, we are, when push comes to shove, when we are supposed to say the truth, do we waver? Do, we, do us as Christians cease to exist? Or when this push comes to shove moments reveal how the Word of God has changed us? Again, we have to remember that there are many voices of this world that will lead us to frustration and disappointment. But the Word of God brings us security. Every single waking moment of our lives, we must rely on the Word of God. That's just the introduction. Are you still okay? Still good? Right. So again, again, know our identity it's it's important for us to go back to the Word of God what does it say for us to understand who we are we need to go back to who made us for us to understand creation we need to go back to the Creator and let's continue and check what God said about Jeremiah's identity right Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 4 once again. Right? Verse 5. Before I formed you with the womb in the womb, I knew you. I highlighted that verb there. Check the verb, no, new. It didn't, talk, it didn't say will know. It didn't say knows It's new. K N E W. What does that say? It's in the past tense that even before your parents thought of you and even before the beginning of time, God already knew you. The creator of the universe in all his glory and majesty knows every single aspect Of who you are. What does that mean? What does that mean that if God knows us? It means that in all his glory, in all his greatness, God sees the affliction or pain that we are going through. Exodus chapter 2, verse 23 to 24, it says there During those many days, the king of Egypt died, and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God and God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Isaac and with J- Abraham with Isaac and with Jacob God remembers his promises God sees our pain God knows and God hears our cries that's the kind of God that we have. That even though in all His glory, He has created every existing and non-existing thing in the universe and beyond, God cares about us who are seemingly insignificant. God knew. God knew. See, God is so great and extraordinary and he, he's extraordinary. And out of that extraordinariness, if there's such a word such as that, he cares for us. God is all-knowing, and this means that he knows better. He knows, he knows us better than we do ourselves. No one can know us better than the Creator. And that's a counter-cultural thing right now in a world that gives us definitions of what identity is, we are reminded that we cannot rely on what the world says of who we are. Nor we cannot rely on ourselves to define who we are. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 to 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord he is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit knowing the truth that god knows gives us comfort knowing the truth that god fully understands hears or feels Comprehends the things that we are going through gives us that security and more than that we know that the God of creation is a God that we can rely on we can trust God because He knows us isn't that amazing isn't that comforting that yes some people might not understand us or we feel that we are overly complicated, that most or some, even our close friends won't understand us, but there is a God, mind you, huh? a God, that understands, feels, empathizes with us. Second point. Again, still on Jeremiah, chapter 1, verse 5. And before you were born, I consecrated you. Again, the word is in past tense, consecrated. Now, when we use the word consecrate, it tells us, or it, it, what it means, is that we are set apart. Set apart. This means that when we say set apart, it's set apart for a greater use. Now, in the Old Testament, things that are consecrated, are reserved for God's purposes. And this means that since they're reserved for God's purposes, they should not be used for everyday mundane tasks. Especially equipment that are meant for rituals or sacrifices, they're not meant to be used every day. The only specific purpose of this equipment, such as equipment used in the tabernacle, is to glorify God. Now, Jeremiah, despite what the world says, okay? Despite the world says, he is reminded by God that you are consecrated, that you are set apart, that you have a greater purpose, a greater specific purpose. Jeremiah's worth was not dictated by the family that he has. Jeremiah's worth was not dictated by the community that he has. But rather, his worth was based on the word of God. God has set those who believe in him apart. You know, setting apart also means sanctified. Set apart also means made holy. God has set his people, those who believe in him, apart for them to to be transformed and be like him. The question is, how can we be consecrated or set apart? The answer to that is this, we can never be set apart or consecrated by our own efforts alone. By our own sheer will, we will always fall short. In achieving the sense of worth, Based on what we own Achieving the sense of worth Based on what social media influencers will say Achieving a sense of worth with the num- By the number of people who follows us Likes us Achieving that sense of worth Based on the people that are associated with us Will never give us the satisfaction Or the setting apart that we are talking about here Because that setting apart can only be found In the finished work Christ there's no amount of self-love there's no amount of followers and likes there's no amount of popularity there's no amount of bank accounts that we own can give us the satisfaction and the sanctification that we need we can only be consecrated in Jesus Christ first Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30 to 31 says here and because of him you are in Christ Jesus who became to us wisdom from God righteousness and sanctification and redemption so that as it is written let the one who boasts boast in the Lord to be honest in God's greatness Technically, God doesn't need us. But in God's greatness, He knew from the very beginning each and every one of us. He knew our identity. He knew the very cell, the very strand of hair, the sinews of our marrows. God knew everything. But more than that, what He knew very well is what each and every man needs the most and that is salvation god loves us so much that he knows the greatest need of every human being you know god sent his son jesus to die on the cross that we may be saved from the eternal death and for us to be set apart unto god Jesus' sacrifice in the cross his completed sacrifice on the cross made us holy but it doesn't end there the work of god is not is still working the salvation that we enjoy the position that we enjoy okay, is not just it but rather in every single day of our lives god continues to bestow upon us his saving grace Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, it says here, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Every single day, God continues to work in us. And as we have this new identity in Christ, we are ought to persevere in pursuing this holiness. We will commit mistakes. We are committing mistakes. But the saving work of God continues. The setting apart continues. The the process, the perseverance, the persistence of being made holy continues. Our conduct every single waking moment Every single waking moment. We're not just Christians every Friday. Our conduct every single waking moment, may it be online, may it be in our classes, may it be in our workplaces, may we be in our car seats, wherever and whenever should be integrally sound, Christ-like, and set apart. I like what John MacArthur said in this video. If you have the time, please do watch that video. It's entitled, Rare Commodity. John MacArthur said, integrity means one. One, that you are one in person. You live what you believe and what you say. We as believers are set apart. We don't just read our Bibles for the sake of reading them. We don't read our Bibles just because it's, a, it's, it's our life group leaders will check whether we're reading or not. We read our Bibles, we obey and practice, we become doers of the Word of God. We are not just Christians when people are watching over us. That even when no one sees us, we are integrally sound, saying, doing, and believing the truths of the Bible that we read. Our conduct and integrity is based on the fact that we believe truths that are fixed and are immovable. We speak according to those truths, and these truths are found in the Word of God. Now, this cannot be done by our own might. We will always fall short, but we trust and believe the power of God that is at work in us. As we rely on the word of God, as we surrender to the word of God, as we humble before the word of God, as we trust his word, we are set apart. Are you still okay? Are you still good? Right. I'm on my final point now. Still on verse 5. Yes. Yes, I'm on my last point. Don't worry. All right? I appointed you a prophet to the nations. See, Jeremiah was appointed by God for a special purpose. Jeremiah, despite of the lineage, despite of the insignificance of who he is, he was appointed for a very specific purpose. He was appointed. He was chosen by God. To become a prophet to the nations. See, we too, though we may never be prophets, I mean, to, to be truth be told, we may, all of us here may never be prophets, but one thing is for sure, that we too are appointed by God. We too even though of our indifferences even though of our qualities that are still being submitted to god we too like jeremiah are set apart for the purpose what purpose for preaching and proclaiming the gospel of christ the promise and assurance of being known by god the worth of being set apart all of these things has its purpose and that purpose is for us To be transformed for us to be christ-like to be the salt and light of the world that we will not rest and be complacent but rather we will go out and proclaim the gospel of jesus as we become christ-like as we tend to claim that we are reading our bibles it is but natural for us to develop a heart for those people who have not yet known the gospel of Christ. How have we participated in the mission set before us? Or how have we shown and magnified Jesus in our lives, in the daily things that we do, in the daily mundane tasks that are given to us by our bosses the daily school projects and assignments and lessons that we have in our classrooms our daily conversations with the people that we share relationships with our daily dealings with the people that we encounter every day do they see jesus christ in us see we claiming that we are reading his word it should be as natural as breathing for us to have the heart of reaching out to those who are in need of God's word John chapter 17 verse 18 to 19 I'm reading from CSB it says here as you sent me into the world this is Jesus Christ speaking I also have sent them into the world I sanctify them myself for them so that they also may be sanctified by the truth. We live our lives in integrity to honor God. But at the same time, we honor God by engaging the people around us. We are appointed to make Jesus known. last verse for this morning mark chapter 16 verse 15 it says here and he said to them go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation every nation bahrain we are called to step out of our comfort zones every nation bahrain we are called to challenge the cultural norms of this world church we are called to be the salt and light into a world that is blinded in self-glorification let us always remember that we are filled to be poured out so always remember church that in our quest to find our identity the world will offer so many views. The world will tell us, or maybe your favorite social media influencer will tell you, that self-love is the best love. Maybe you're chasing after a person that whom you think is your model, trying to become like that person. It could be your parent. It could be someone that you look up to as a model. But see, When things fail, the tendency of a human being is to look inwards and see a definition, a meaning of purpose within ourselves. See, church, what the Bible is telling us, that our identity can never be anchored on things that are temporal, things that are fleeting, things that will fade away. You know, today, this morning, we are reminded that as believers, we hold on to the truths that God knew us, that God consecrated us, and God appointed us. God knew us. He knew the greatest need. That's why He sent Jesus to die for us in the cross. God set us apart god consecrated us because he has set us apart so that by jesus sacrifice we will become christ-like god appointed us so that we will be his hands and his feet and proclaiming the gospel to the ends of the world that's our identity Let's go back to our question a while ago. Who or what is the basis of our identity? See, Jeremiah is not the main character. Seemingly, he's the main character in this text. But what should be magnified here is the glory, compassion, and mercy of God. God. That like even though in his full glory he chose to know us, he consecrated us and appointed us. That's ought to remember these words from the word that our identity is based on God's word and not what the world tells us.